What's up, everyone? We're here for another Locked On Bucks, another post-game Locked On Bucks, and Milwaukee's back on the winner's list, which I think, I think it means that there's still a chance for summer league rings, but I'm actually not 100% sure, so lucky Justin's here. He can fill me in. Uh, just as we finished recording yesterday, Pat Connaughton, uh, the news was announced that Pat Connaughton had signed his extension, so we're going to talk about that today, and uh, I haven't asked Justin his thoughts about Marjan Bochamp. Uh, Mamu, who's playing some great basketball. We saw a little bit of Hugo Basson, maybe not the most exciting little bit of Hugo Basson, but we can discuss all, all that and roster moves. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. Also find some other stuff over at ESPN. And uh, alongside me, late call up from the Bucks Radio Network. <laughs> I've interrupted his evening. Who knows what he was doing, but I've interrupted him anyway. And he's here again, back-to-back days. Justin Garcia. And uh, we thank everyone for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first uh, watch of every day. We really appreciate it. I keep on mentioning the subscribers on YouTube keep on going up. Uh, maybe this will be a topic for the end of the uh, podcast here, but uh, I told Justin and Camille yesterday, uh, I went to the extreme lengths of getting a Disney Plus account. Uh, I watched the Giannis movie last night, <laughs> enjoyed it thoroughly, had a cup of tea. It was cold here. I was under a blanket like an old man. And I watched the Giannis movie. I don't know. Maybe we need to. Is anyone interested in a Giannis movie podcast review? I'm not sure. If you are, let us know. Maybe we'll save it in case we do that episode. Uh, but then I also got up early and watched some summer league basketball, 6 a.m. Uh, and uh, I mentioned the Bucks are potentially back in the summer league race for the championship. Uh, are they, Justin? What the hell is going on? I'm looking at the standings and there's a billion teams that are two and one. So how do they decipher this? I don't even know. Um, yeah, I don't remember when they changed the format of it. I know teams weren't necessarily happy. They they much preferred showing up to Vegas and knowing here's our set schedule of um, five games and then figure the rest out but the way it goes so you play four games it seems dumb on the surface that each team plays four games and then the top two teams advance for the championship which when you have that many teams and you say okay now we're going to pick the top two seems idiotic so they go by point differential Mm. and then i think if there's still a tie they just do a coin flip basically to determine, all right, well, this team won the tiebreaker, so you advance to the championship game. Uh, so that's the very, very scientific method of figuring out who's going to hoist the uh, Summer League Championship or play for the opportunity to do so. So if you needed any less motivation to watch Summer League, figuring out how you actually get to the championship game basically puts you over the top. So... By that, uh, I just done quick math as you were working there. So I think the Bucks are plus 14 in the point differential stakes. I believe that's right. 
which if I just look at the standings, I, I don't know, but I don't even think it has point differential. Anyway, I think they're middle of the pack. So basically what we're looking for is a 30-point win tomorrow against Dallas. And then if I look at the schedule, I assume they have one more game. And and I'm guessing it's going to be, if if I just uh, look ahead, I'm I'm guessing that it's going to be, well, it could be Saturday or Sunday. I guess it's going to be one of those two games. They should have one more game on the schedule, I believe. Yeah, I think it would be Saturday with because the, the Sunday is the championship, so I don't remember if they just do only that game. Okay, okay. So I'm going to assume it's Saturday that they would play. All right, thirty point win against Dallas, thirty point win against mystery opponent, and the rings are still well and truly on offer for this uh, Buck Summer League team, which for the most part has been pretty entertaining. I would say. Uh, the start of this game was very summer league-ish. It was an afternoon game. The Bucks didn't score for about five minutes. It was pretty atrocious stuff. Uh, but in the end, we saw more of what we've seen so far. And I'm going to throw to you straight away, uh, Justin, because I've discussed uh, different performances and what I've sort of seen from Marjan Beauchamp and Mamu. Mamu was great again today. I thought 18 points, 15 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Bochamp is pretty much steady the whole way through. Hit a couple of threes, had his 15 points again. Uh, specific to those two, is there anything standing out to you, not necessarily today, but throughout? Um, it's really tough with, with Bochamp, and I've seen uh, people kind of go to the opposite end of the overreaction spectrum, and I, I saw a few people assume he's going to be a starter for them, which seems a little uh crazy to me in front of, so in front of, like where just curious about uh, that i'm just like, apparently in the backcourt yeah i saw somebody point out wow. like well i'm assuming he's going to start and you'll force feed in minutes and and thankfully i saw a lot of people no i don't assume that at all so no. with him i think you just look for him to not be lost out there and yeah and that's what i've seen that offensively he's still raw i think he had four threes in today's game which is certainly great if he can uh, find that shooting stroke but um, I think it's you're mostly watching defense because that's where he's going to make an impact. And I'm just curious to see him go against better offensive players defensively, since that's I think what we're most interested in with Marjan Bochamp. Mamu's been the guy that's been most impressive. Now the tricky part is the Bucks kind of have a history of guys looking really, really good in summer league and then not looking really, really good in the regular season. But, you know, Mamu is certainly a skilled offensive player. I think you just wish he had another two inches and a little bit more wingspan, especially on that defensive end. But, man, when you watched him at times in the regular season, once you got past the November-December portion of the schedule where you basically had to play him, you would see, yeah, this guy sees the floor very well and can pass and is a skilled offensive guy. It's, you know, maybe they have something there with him. But the tricky part you know, just kind of what we experienced with Jordan Wara last year is you might have something, but it, it's, we're not going to get to the point this year where it's really developing Sandro Mamu Kelishvili into being a rotational piece with the depth that they have and what this team's aspirations are. So that's, that's the interesting part about this year's summer league squad. I was talking about with somebody else is, is the first year in, I don't know, probably 2017, ish that range since then where you were really really interested in some of the guys and, and seeing what they could do but you also kind of know well it, it's still probably two years away from really really 
trying to pull something out of these guys. Boatchamp's a little different, but the other guys, you know, like we said with Mamu, I'm not anticipating Mamu to be a 15 to 20 minute guy for the team this season. So it's it's kind of you're playing the long con with these guys, with the exception of Marjan Bochamp. I, I mean, the t- we spoke about this kind of uh, last week. Frank had some of the numbers. It was particularly disastrous when he was categorized as the five. So, yeah, whether that's next to Giannis or maybe it's in lineups with Bobby Portis or maybe it's I, – I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the lineups and see how often they went small, smaller. Maybe it's Pat or Chris or whoever it was at the four. I'm not sure. But uh, it wasn't good. So, yeah, he's a four because he doesn't have that extra inch or two that you were speaking of, uh, Justin. But – uh, the problem is uh, there's a pretty handy player that plays for the Bucks that has a significant amount of minutes locked up at the four. So with Brooke, uh, with Bobby, with Giannis, with Giannis playing sometimes at the five, and then you are going to maybe a Chris or a Pat or whoever it is, maybe a Marjan Bochamp, who knows? That kind of lineup versatility, there's just a real crunch of minutes in unless you have an injury. And then even if you think back to last year, early in the season, he got those minutes. That was before they brought in Boogie Cousins. That was before they had the little cup of tea with Greg Monroe. And then Serge Ibaka comes in. Serge Ibaka's coming back. So they actually have that backup veteran big that probably Bud trusts a little bit more defensively, or he's probably just still a better defensive player. So, yeah, it's just really hard uh, with Mamu. And again, some of the stuff he's doing in this summer league is like really impressive, but... Uh, we can get to Bochamp a bit more, but if you just talk about role definition, clearly Bochamp, what he's doing offensively, feels like what he might do a little bit more regularly with the Bucks in terms of spot-up shooting, those types of things, uh, rather than Mamu, who is rebound and take it length of the floor time and time and time again, which, by the way, has been a pretty effective and fun uh, aspect of his games. And he's averaging 21 points, nine rebounds a game, and he's shooting 56% from three. So... Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's done literally uh, all he could. I've got a new segment for the show. I want to throw it to you, and I tried to come up with like some sort of audio voiceover thing, and anyway, it was disastrous. Justin, you work in radio; you probably know more about that than me. But so no, unfortunately, no stinger. Uh, but I've got to talk about Built Bar first. Uh, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. Now, if you aren't up to date with what uh, puffs are, it's uh, basically a delicious chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate, uh, but it has that coconut brownie flavor goodness. So honestly, it's next level from just the standard bar, to be totally honest with you. And uh, stop drooling and just listen because they're good for you as well which is always hard to believe with Built Bar, but it's just the facts. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, uh, and they're all delicious. And by the way, Built Bar got the tick of approval from uh, Frank Madden's wife, uh, the Houston Rockets fan, uh, also loves uh, Built Bar, so it's a nice recommendation there. Uh, collagen protein is a big part of the makeup, uh, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good, uh, but is also good for you as well. You You really can't go wrong. Now... These flavors are changing over all the time. So you really don't have a lot of time to get in on this. So go to built.com and order your box right now of the coconut brownie chunk built puffs. Just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com. All right, new segment 
is called Too Far or Not Too Far. <laughs> should should Marshall Bochamp be invited to the three-point contest at All-Star Weekend? Uh, nine for 18 from three. Couple of air balls in there, but what I will say is you don't get any added points for the way that you miss. So, you know, air balls and there's a miss is a miss. Been looking very confident, taking the shots without hesitation. I think we saw our first Marjon Bochamp heat check uh, today, which was pretty nice. I like to see it. I think they were trying to wind down the clock and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to see if I can knock I down this. a fifth, <laughs> which I respected from the right wing. From the corners, he's looked really comfortable. He looks like he's he, he he looks like a fine shooter for a guy that this was the knock. One of the points that I made uh, to Frank after his first game is that while some of these players have to the adjustment of the NBA three, that is le- legitimately one of the benefits that he's spoken about, and some of the LG League Ignite guys have spoken about is the fact that there's no adjustment there. They've been shooting from that range uh, the whole way. That G League season is also such a small sample size as is this summer league. But I think there is a little bit of an unknown. As people have pointed out, he was a pretty good shooter in high school. Again, let's not get too carried away here. But I I am, without getting too carried away, thinking that All-Star Weekend is well within reach. <laughs> um, where is it? Where is All-Star? Is it Utah that has All-Star this year, I think? Really? Why not? I, I believe so. So mm-hmm. why not? I mean, you need some excitement in that. That city, I'm kidding. Um, but it's it's at least been so apologies to the boss. Apologies to the yeah. boss of the whole network, yeah, by the way. Apologies to uh, Mr. Locke, and it's not as though Milwaukee's all that much better in the national <laughs> perspective. Um, but uh, no, I think the big thing what you said is he he looks much more capable a shooter than I think a lot of people anticipated. Just kind of reviewing the profile of him that. If you didn't see him at all with the G League, with the Ignite squad, you probably thought, okay, well, we got a big wing defender that we can use now. And whatever he does offensively, great. We're just using him for his defense. And you probably thought it was going to be a work in progress shooting. It might still be. But just in terms of his shot profile, it looks better than I anticipated. And I know it's summer league, but still, I anticipated some rough shooting performances. And he looks like a capable shooter from what we've seen in these games so if he can keep building on that you mentioned the corners he looks comfortable there and that's an area where the bucks have taken a lot more shots the last this past year especially but think back to when bud first got here they kind of ignored the corners that it kind of slowly built up to taking more and more And, and last year i think they took the most um obviously under bud but in in quite some time so if he can find his comfort there, that's one way to stay on the floor is your defense, certainly. But if you're going to hit shots, that's another way to build in those minutes for him. I've been wrestling with the idea that sometimes when Marjan's on the floor, I'm like, can we get him more touches? Can we just get him to just try some stuff so we can get to, you know a bit of a glimpse of what he's capable of? But then at the same time, I'm seeing Bud in the stands. This is probably exactly what he wants to see. He probably wants to see how he holds up individually, defensively. If he can knock down those threes. Like, he's really playing a role uh, with this summer league team, which I think in some ways, when you see the way he's been able to blend in, he doesn't seem like he's trying to do too much. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of nice. The one area, and we've pointed to a little bit, 
which won't probably look great at the NBA level to start and maybe he gets more comfortable or whatever it may be but a little bit loose a little bit loose on some of the some of those drives with the handle has been had his pocket picked a couple of times there uh but I don't fits think in, he's... fits fits in well <laughs> with the team though so he's <laughs> he's found a hole. oh my goodness well I don't think he uh, you know but the point being I don't think he was uh, drafted to be a playmaker that's that's for right. sure so uh no, overall, and again, we've still got a couple of games left here. I must admit, I'm I'm probably I liked, you know, I was intrigued by particularly the defensive stuff when he was first picked from everything you read and and heard, and obviously you like the character. Uh, but you know, as far as summer league goes, I'm feeling feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Yeah, I think the difficult part is um, you tell yourself. Don't get too high or too low from summer league. I mean, we we joked about it, but I mean, Rashad Vaughn was one of the best players in summer league, and we've seen guys put these numbers up, and it doesn't translate because a lot of times, you know, you're playing against guys that are not going to be obviously in the league or the G League, and and moving on into other occupations after this. So you don't want to take away too much from this, but it's hard to to not leave saying, you know, I'd feel really good about what I've seen from Marjan Bochamp. But I think what you pointed out um, is he's playing a role on the team too, that it's almost like he's, he's now playing the Dante DiVincenzo role. And unfortunately, Mamu has taken on that Christian Wood role that if you're mm. mud, you're taking notes in the stands of, all right, I need some more defense and I don't need to see Mamu going the full length of the floor and just putting up volume of points here. But uh I've I've been impressed, and you try to temper it with it's summer league, but still, I feel pretty good about what I've seen from Marjan going into this season. Uh, one other thing I was thinking of, and we're getting to Pat Connaughton next. That's coming up, uh, the contract extension there. Uh, one of the things I was just thinking of, and we discussed Chris Milton's uh, wrist surgery on yesterday's podcast. If anyone missed the reaction to that, you can go back and listen to that episode with uh, myself, Justin, and Camille. But uh, you know, I think we all agree there's going to be no rush to get Chris Milton back. Why would there be a rush? Maybe there's some early. I mean, if, if you if he misses, let's just say he misses the first three weeks, uh, because again, even yeah, people, I, I don't, I haven't seen it. I mean, there's, I'm sure there'll be a couple of people saying let's just force minutes, those types of things. I think we understand he's not going to be, he's not going to be just handed minutes. Yeah. Uh, but if there's a hole in that wing rotation and a significant hole, a significant Chris Middleton-sized hole, which is which is 30-plus minutes, uh, maybe there is 10, 15 minutes a night there early in the season to just say, okay, let's, let's see what he can do early in the season. Well, I mean, worst-case scenario is Chris Middleton misses a little bit of time early in the season. Yeah. Um, Joe Ingles is obviously not going to be ready at the start of the season, so that's another wing player that that some minutes are kind of open there and i mean if you just examine the rest of the roster too wesley matthews a veteran guy that you're not going to run him into the ground and and we've seen how this coaching staff and training staff is has really tried to take it easy with with minutes and everything else with some of these guys so that's where the opportunity would initially be there for marjan bochamp maybe he plays a little more than you anticipate early in the season for those reasons, and then it starts to peel back a little bit once you get to the postseason or close to it, I think that would be the most likely scenario because, you know, obviously injuries were a big part of it. But, I mean, we joked about it at, at the start of the show, but 
you think back to those November and December lineups where you were trying to navigate life without Brooke Lopez and then COVID was hitting you and injuries, but Thanasis and Mamu and everybody else that you look at some of the box scores and think, man, we had a game where these guys each played 15 or 20 or more minutes. That feels like another life ago. So you hope it doesn't happen for the same circumstances, but we did see a lot of that early in the season last year. Yeah, and that's the case, been virtually the case every year. There's always little weird things that happen early in the season. Go back a couple of years ago, Dante DiVincenzo and Sterling Brown were battling for minutes. Go back to the season before that, and DJ Wilson got his little bit of burn when Ersan was out of the lineup. So, yeah, maybe early in the season there will be some opportunity. And as we've pointed to before, there was a reason Dante got minutes because he played defense. From what we know about Marjan, he'll play defense, and so maybe he's more likely to get a chance. But who knows? We'll see. It's going to be a tough rotation to crack. We certainly hope, uh, because that means that people are healthy. Let's talk about Pat Connaughton. So uh, in true podcast fashion, which, by the way, I kind of appreciate it, given it's the off-season. I said we're looking for different things to talk about. About five minutes after we finished recording, notification comes through. Pat Connaughton has agreed to an extension with the Bucks. Three years, 28.5. Uh, looks like it's the overall figure. Uh, and Woj did tweet out, and then he tweeted out, out after saying around the 434, 435 mark or something like that. And there was some confusion there. So that tacks on to the option he's already uh, uh, opted into for this season, yeah. however you want to word that. So that was uh, 5.7. And then the year after, it's going to be around 9, then 9.5, then 10. But essentially, you lock in a pat, a player option at the end. But essentially, you lock him in for another four years, uh, which you've already done for Bobby Porter. So you know, great stuff for the Bucks is, is my first take because when we were talking about what they were going to do this offseason, the options they had, it's not like if they chose to not give Bobby Portis that, that raise or that contract, they had that money to spend. It was gone. So it all came down to, are you going to spend money? They chose to spend money on Bobby Portis. He took the discount last year. Pat Connaughton took the discount this year. We figured that he would get the similar treatment. They've done it straight away, uh, which is nice to see. It's nice to see that uh, get locked in there. And essentially, all it means is Pat took the discount this year. You save a bit on the tax, and then we figure it out down the road. I think we've all said that it's going to be interesting to see what happens in future seasons. But save a bit of a tax bill for this year. Get Pat Connaughton on a really cheap deal. And overall, if you do put it all together and say the 434, 435, I mean, uh, there's some money out there that is, you're talking about the position that everyone wants. Guys at the at the three that can be, that can play defense, can shoot threes. He's athletic. He actually finishes at the rim pretty well. It's, it's remarkably cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we saw him, Obviously, the year they won the title as well, he was one of your closers where he wasn't necessarily the small mm. ball four. That was kind of that was obviously PJ, but he he gives you that versatility. And even before the playoffs, you saw Bud kind of tinkering with it where he would take out Brooke and it would be Pat that would come in. So he he has that trust. Like you said, it's a premium position that every team is looking for wings that can defend multiple positions. And the shooting and the offense that we've seen from Pat, how that's gotten better year after year after year. It's an incredible value. We mentioned on the show yesterday that 
Pat Connaughton gave you a 50% discount because, you know, whatever contract he signs next mm. was probably going to be 10 million. This contract somehow comes in just under 10 million for the first year. But, but still, when you, you take the player option and the contract, like you alluded to with those numbers, it's about $9 million a year, which still to me seems like a crazy good value for a perimeter player that can do all the things that Pat Connaughton can do. And, you know, now the only thing you really have left to take care of is as of right now, you're going to enter a season where Chris Middleton is in the final year potentially of his contract or can opt out. So you get that taken care of. And, you know, we talked about this team, who knows? I, I think the prevailing theory, certainly among Bucks fans, but you've seen more and more national voices say the Bucks were probably a Chris Middleton injury away from being the two-time defending champions. Well, now you have basically that entire key part of that group is locked up for the next three plus years with the extension that Drew signed with Pat Connaughton in place with Bobby, with Giannis's deal. And hopefully the same is coming for Chris Middleton too. Yeah. And I'm just doing this off the top of my head. So Bobby Portis is around 27, right? 26, 27. So I, so his deal will take him through to 30, 31, I believe. Uh, Pat will be taking him through to 33. So he'll be a little bit older when that player option comes, but it's a long way down the road, and I would I would suggest both players project to still be at that cost when you consider that the cap will go up, all those types of things, and how that contract's going to look uh, down the road. I think it's I think it's always going to look pretty favorable. Like it's hard for me to look at that money amount, and because I know we discussed Bobby Portis, and you know Frank, and we sort of said, oh, it's it is a lot of money. It's kind of not. It's kind of not in. A couple of things, um, you know, you you talked about the age of Pat, especially and, and Bobby. It's also in a league where we're seeing more and more guys who are in their mid to late thirties. Yeah. I mean, look at the PJ Tucker deal, and I, I know PJ is kind of an anomaly with what he's been able to do defensively. Um, but PJ Tucker is going to be paid until he's forty, guaranteed money. Uh, what eleven plus million dollars? So we're seeing more and more of this, but also uh, for Bobby, especially. Uh, that that double digit millions figure that you're looking at, mm. um, it's going to be interesting in a, what two years. Whenever the the new CBA will go into place and they the new contract, I should say, with TV money, we're going to see another jump in the salary cap. I don't think it's going to be what we saw in 2016 mm. because I think 29 teams are going to say, "Wait a minute, that allowed the Warriors. We were too dumb to realize this at the time that we should have smoothed this." That allowed the Warriors to get Kevin Durant. So, yeah, let's let's do the opposite this year or this time around. But that's still going to jump up the cap here and give teams a little more wiggle room, and it's going to change the value of contracts. So right now you're saying, well, I feel good about Bobby Portis, the offensive player, defensively, some limitations. And there's some moments where you can say he was played off the floor. So $10 million, I don't know. But, you know, $10 million contracts uh, – could basically be like a $6 million contract and so on when we're seeing this cap start to move upwards. So that's another thing that you look at and say, I really have no complaints about that deal. Look, people will be able to bring this up in two to three years time and call me out on this. I wonder if I'll still be doing locked on bucks in two to three years. That would be, I'll tell you what, that would be a hell of a haul. But uh, 32-year-old Pat Connaughton is going to be getting paid slightly less than 40-year-old PJ Tucker. We'll see how that holds up. In, in a few years' time. My money's probably on Pat. 
but we probably shouldn't doubt uh, PJ, should we? Uh, an old favourite of ours uh, here in Milwaukee. So uh, we'll see how all this plays out. And by the way, one last thought. If Chris Middleton wants that extension, he's going to have to make a choice. Basketball or pickleball? Because we can't have any more <laughs> wrist injuries. Um, but you know what? This uh, I don't know if you saw this. This could there was almost two shows in a row where something came in just as we finished recording. But oh boy, um, Sham Sharania reporting the Jazz and the Knicks are in discussions for Donovan mm. Mitchell. I did say that. And by the way, uh, the Knicks. Jeez, I don't know if this qualifies as the start. I've been searching for my whole adult life, but you know the, the whole. Brunson Mitchell backcourt. I'm just not sure about the old Knickerbockers. Is it better? Uh, because I think the other, and it still could happen, but the other much discussed landing place for Donovan Mitchell was Miami. Is it better for him to go to New York versus Miami in terms of a Bucks, Bucks. perspective, or is it something that doesn't really matter? I think the Knicks, because if he goes to Miami, you're adding him with, you are adding him here with, with, with Allah. He doesn't have to be the best player. Um, so yeah. I think I think it changes the dynamic. So yeah, I, I think if you are a Bucks fan and your options were Miami or I think you want Kevin Durant out of the East, firstly. Yeah. Uh, and then if Donovan Mitchell is coming to the East, yeah, I think the Knicks you'd feel pretty comfortable with. They'll probably score, but you can probably score against them. Yeah, I think you hope that Rick Buecher report is true as well. That uh, Steph is all of a sudden texting and trying to get in touch with KD mm. to bring him back to to San Francisco now and play for the Warriors. So yeah. <laughs> Get him out of the East, let Kyrie Irving go to the Lakers and let that team just kind of implode and and drift away. Miami, that's a big blow to not have P.J. Tucker uh, and, you know, another year for guys like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and a lot of playoff miles. So you feel pretty good about the offseason so far if you're the Bucs. Yeah, no question. A lot of familiarity. And uh, for all those rumors that you've got that I'm clearly not keeping up with, I've got to listen to the Locked On NBA podcast a little bit more so you can do that. Uh, they'll be all across all that kind of stuff and everything's going on across the league. So once you're done with Locked On Bucks, listen to Locked On NBA uh, and you'll be uh, perfectly in the know of everything that's going on. And don't forget, the Bucks have another all-important summer league game. Point differential means everything, Justin. We need a blowout win for the Bucks. AJ Green, listen. And by the way, uh, I haven't ruled out messaging you tomorrow to podcast. We'll see if Frank arises from his slumber. But one thing I did have here, Lindell, Lindell Wigginton two-way yeah. with the question mark. So we're going to get to that tomorrow because I think AJ Green, I don't think he's done enough at this point, but if he hits six threes tomorrow, the Bucks win by 30 and they stay alive in summer league, then I may change my tune. So let's come back to that one tomorrow. Uh, Bucks and the Mavs, I believe that's 7 p.m. Central Time. I'm sure everyone will be watching and tuning into Locked On Bucks afterwards. So, Justin, you're a good man for answering your phone this late at night. I appreciate you. And uh, like I said, don't roll it out for tomorrow. We'll catch you guys then.